Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So I got my good friend, Henry Barrera, as my first guest. Now, me and Henry, we go way back. I met Henry back in 2008. And when I first, our family first moved here from San Diego, decided to become a performance trainer. We lived in the same area and I kept hearing his name and how good he was, you know, and me being from, you know, a football background and having success in the NFL And then, you know, it's kind of I've been doing this performance training thing since I was like 13. I thought I knew some stuff. Right. (laughs) Once we interacted and we had uh, I think we had some coffee. I knew very little compared to this man, but I wanted to have him on my side. I wanted for him to help guide me to to be like him. Because he was so good and he broke things down so simply. And I was just in awe of him. For me to 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 know him for so long and to see his growth and see how he's always challenging himself and others, I just felt that he was the perfect fit to have him on as my first guest. You know, simply he was he was my shark. After I finished football and I decided to become a performance trainer and moved up here. To Portland, you know, he pushed me. He pushed me to become a better version of myself. And and that's what this podcast is all about. So uh, Henry, he's a 
Um, he's a thought leader. Um, he is he's been since 2015 the head performance coach for the Liberty uh, University basketball team. Now he's a director of all Olympic sports for the school. So, you know, he is um, he's a gym and he's always looking to better himself and others. So without further ado, this is my main man, Henry Barrera. So I got one of my my dear friends, uh, Henry Barrera. Uh, I've known Henry since, oh man, I think since 2009, no, 2008. Uh, anyway, I met Henry through a couple of friends that I know here in Portland. Uh, I was a, you know, I'm a trainer. And so I was coming in, you know, this new territory. I just heard about this guy that I needed to meet. But anyway, our, our relationship grew and grew. Henry, this is actually our second interview. <laughs> we did an interview two days ago. And, you know, this was my first time, you know, this is podcasting thing is totally new to me. You know, I was a bit nervous, even though I had Henry as my guy. He's my first guy. I was, I was nervous. And, you know, we kind of battled through it. You know, I, I, I turned, I started to stutter again. I haven't stuttered since I was like seven or eight, man, had an issue with that. But anyway, I grew it. And man, I just got, got all nervous. Here's the thing. After the interview, you know, we stopped it. Henry said, hey, can I give you a little bit of advice? Henry, what did you say? I said, man, your your best quality is you. Uh, I don't want any canned uh, podcast. I want to talk to you, man. People want to know. Give the people what they want. <laughs> give them Alex Moore. You That's know what I'm saying? And, and, and here's the thing. After we got that, and I was like, man, I felt bad. And, but there were some golden nuggets in there. But here's the thing. And this is a principle I live by. You have to have people in your life that can tell you the truth. That's not afraid to make you feel uncomfortable. If, if you've created that relationship, and me and Henry have a relationship, here's how deep it is. I've told him what I wanted to achieve from a, a, over a decade ago. It's not just me telling him what I wanted to achieve, you know, him doing the same for me, but now it's somebody holding me accountable, right? It's, it's easy for us to not say anything. Like, Henry, if you wouldn't have said anything, I would have been okay. But I'm all about, man, how can I improve in anything that I do? How can I be the best version of Alex that I can be? A principle of mine is creating relationships. I only have a few now, but that inner circle that when I'm out of line, when I'm not going towards uh, the goals that I've, that I've chosen for myself, or I start to act differently or do different things, I have, I have a kind of an ecosystem that of uh, people that can correct me either online or on person on a phone call, whatever I've, I've kind of created that for me. So, you know, I, um, I love you, Henry. And that's just like a, a principle that I live by. And I so appreciate you telling me that, Hey, Alex, that ain't you, you know, <laughs> that ain't you. Man, that's, that's good stuff. So here's what I'm going to say to that. Uh, one, we'll probably go super deep in this and we'll go just shallow, right? 
So at the base, most basic level, here's what I appreciate you. We go out to lunch, man, and we're at Chipotle and we're killing some burritos, right? All healthy, of course. And I have a big piece of cheese on my beard or a booger on my nose. You're going to tell me, hey, bro, like clean that up, man. You know, and that's the to me, that's the sign of true friendship where, where you know, you can tell me stuff that may or may not offend me, but I know it's going to make me better. And I may be too prideful at the time to to take it in. But real life and real learning and, and you know, being good at stuff is really, really ugly, man. Like it, it, it takes mm-hmm. time. And so this this podcast will probably look back, you know, 10 or 15 episodes in and be like, man, what in the hell was I doing? Right. Because you're going to be that much better. I'm going to be that much better. You're going to be that much better because we have people like each other in each other's lives, you know. So that's that's a big, uh, a big golden nugget for me. Yeah, absolutely. Creating that environment. Right. And and here's another thing. And it's something that, you know, as a coach is I'm telling my players uh, either, you know, high school. So I coach high school football and I also do performance training. And for the new the new kids that are working with me. And, they're, you know, they might be this might be their first or second year playing football. And so what I do is I put up, you know, different drills. I, I teach the skill and then put up the, the different drills. And then so, so there's guard reels. And then I say, hey, go 100 percent. Hey, I don't care if you mess up. That's OK. That's OK if you mess up. And, you know, most likely or not, they're a little shy and a little timid and whatnot. And I say, hey, go 100 percent. And here's the thing. I, I was that timid, shy kid two days ago where I was going half speed. I wasn't quite sure. I thought I was going 100 percent. But you said, hey, <laughs> that's, that's not 100 percent, man. Uh, anyway, man. <laughs> so, so I shared this. I shared this in the last uh, last one we did. But this this I think will be a golden nugget for whoever wants it. It's not in your perfection. It's not in your performance. It's in your pursuit. You know. So I'm gonna say it one more time. It's not in your perfection. Please. It's not in your performance. It's in your pursuit. That's where the magic happens, and that's what we forget, man. Because we all want to be so good so fast. You know, I'm super guilty because I, I'm. It hurts my pride. It hurts my ego when I'm not good at stuff. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I want to have control, you know, but we, we lose how we really learn, man. When you have kids and you have you have eight, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> but when I watch my, my littlest one, she fails and she gets up. She fails and she gets up. She doesn't know she's failing unless I unless I let her know, which is messed up. You know, I should just. I'm, I'm gonna just let her keep going, keep going, keep going. I'll give her some correction, but she doesn't. She doesn't have any conscience of failure. She just it doesn't doesn't register, and that's why she gets so good so fast at whatever she's doing as as a young kid, you know. So that's the quality mm. I'm trying to live with, man. I love it. I love it. So so Henry, tell me a little bit, man, because I've never. You're the first cat that I ever met that played ball overseas, played basketball overseas. Man, how was that? What was that life? Man, it was unreal. Like for me, it was a lifelong dream to just pick up a paycheck to play. You know, I don't care if I got paid, you know, five hundred dollars a month or five thousand or fifty thousand. Didn't matter to me. Uh, my my dream was always to to play basketball at a high level, and I I feel like I got the most out of my body that I could possibly get. 
for whatever God gave me, I got the most I could possibly get. And I didn't, my career didn't end because I had a devastating injury or anything like that. It ended because I, I wanted to move on to a different phase of life, you know? Um, so for me, the, the biggest thing I learned what was the, the process, you know, and that that's kind of cliche, but one of the things that you and I, that we, we get along, I vibe with people who have an authentic pursuit and fruit in their life. If I don't see an authentic pursuit, I don't care what you're pursuing, but if you don't have an authentic pursuit and you don't have fruit, like byproducts evidence in your life, then I don't really, I don't really vibe with you, man. You know, so that's why you and me, we're always pursuing. We're trying to get better as fathers, as husbands, as friends, as business people, whatever. We're just we got that pursuit, man. Absolutely. And I think it's like, uh, uh, you know, our old, old football coach used to tell us, he said, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You never stay the same. You never stay the same. Mm. So tell me, because, uh, Henry, how tall are you? Uh, probably five seven on a good day, but don't tell anybody. Come on, Molden. You're five seven. Yes, playing pro ball. You told me something about it was oh man, it was about like red shoes. It was about uh, something. Is, so one day, probably anytime you go to a tryout or any, anywhere you go, you gotta wear red or a color that stands out. So I always had the red kicks or red shirt or something like that. So they're like, man, what's this guy doing? <laughs> it's something that, it's something that distinguishes you, makes you a little bit different. I love it. Okay, so I'm interested to hear like, man, okay, so after that, after doing that and accomplishing a dream, the next thing is you, you came uh, back up to Portland or came up to Portland? Because I want to know like, man, okay, so you, so you did that, right? You did basketball. And then what made you like the performance trainer? What what um, relationships or what techniques or I, I know, man, with me and you, when uh, when we linked up, man, you took me on so many seminars, uh, teachings, learnings, you know, a bunch. So I, I just want you to dive into that a little bit, man. I think first. Sometimes our biggest blessings are, are our biggest curses and vice versa. Uh, I think because of my size, I had to find a way to bridge the gap in performance. Um, so there's kind of four buckets, and I, I stole this from a guy named Fergus Conley. You know, he probably stole it from someone else too, but my man is a genius, right? Yeah. So you have your uh, technical, your tactical, your physical, and your psychological. All right, so those are the four buckets. And every athlete, every business person has a different amount in those buckets. So you could be a, a psychological savage. You could be so far ahead of people mentally, but your physical skills are not so good. Mm -hmm. Or your understanding of the game is elite, but your skills are not so good, you know, and we have to find a way to, to use what we got and to leverage that stuff. So for me, my size caused me to just dig and dig and dig of what can I do to, to my body to, to make it perform at the level I want to, uh, to be resilient to be in shape, to be strong, to be explosive. Uh, the hardest part for people like you and me, I believe, is taking our, our experience in the athletic world and transitioning that into business, into whatever other things we're doing. So for me, there was a little disconnect for a couple of years because I was so down that, you know, I just want to hoop, man. I just want to play. Uh, that's what I'm supposed to do. But that comes to an end for everybody at some point. So I hope that that helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, 
No, it does. It does. So you went, there was a coach that, you know, we talked about last time down in, down in Eugene that kind of opened things up for you. Yeah, man, Coach Rad. So uh, we lived in Portland and we moved to Eugene. So we lived in Eugene a year and uh, Scott Phelps, a guy from uh, SpeedQuest, that's his business, his company. He took me under his wing and he said, you're going to come and you're going to work for me. I'm going to teach you everything I know about performance. And at that time, they were the largest manufacturer in the world of uh, ballistic ladders, bungee cords, any any speed, agility, quickness type equipment. They were they were just producing it at, at a high level. Uh, but anyway, he introduced me to Jim Radcliffe and they gave me the opportunity to, to get into the weight room at, at U of O and just watch, ask questions and being around Jim Radcliffe changed my life, man. It was ridiculous. So I felt like I, I, you know, young kid, you think you know stuff, you go into a weight room. I felt like I was on the freshman or JV team because he was teaching and coaching at such a high level, attention to detail, passion, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't like you think him yelling at people. He just commanded mm-hmm. respect by how he walked, how he talked and how he loved athletes. That's my guy. Jimmy Radcliffe. He was with me when I was down at University of Oregon. And um, yeah, man, he he changed my life. He changed my life. I, I tore my ACL and MCL. And, you know, I had a chance to be with Jimmy uh, for six, six months, one hour a day, five days a week, just me and him, not with the rest of the team. You know, so, man, relationships are so huge with you know that that ability to be able to grow um okay so yeah go ahead man that that's amazing so so here's here's what i think about that uh i I go back and forth on formal education man you being with rad for five days a week you know for months and months is education that money can't buy man like it, it just can't you know and you wouldn't understand no one would understand unless they're around this man like just when he walks um, you know, just a, a fantastic human being, man. That's all I can say. Yeah. But man, Hey, I didn't like him. <laughs> I thought he was a little weird, you know, and you know, just me and him and he had me doing this basic stuff, walking, you know, we, we made me walked. I mean, we, we used to do walk. We used to walk for an hour just teaching me and we slowed everything down. Yeah, we yeah. just walked in for like two weeks. Man, look, at, it, this, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. So, so here's what happens, man. I think a lot of times in life, man. So we, our relationship didn't start off on the best note. I was like, man, who's this guy, Alex Molden, trying to take on my business in town? He's a pro. He's this and that, you know. And, and we have this wrong perspective, man. So, man, I'm reading this great book called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, and he talks about having a worthy rival a worthy rival. And he says, without a worthy rival, you can't be your best, you know? So if you don't have a person in your life that can push you and challenge you in a, in a good and healthy way, you'll never have the, you'll never develop the the attributes that you need in your own life. And as a team, so, you know, our Liberty men's basketball team needs a worthy rival to push them to, to their limits. You know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, my, shoot, my rival, uh, shoot, in the NFL, I faced him the most was Jerry Rice. Every time, every time I faced Jerry Rice, something it was just more. 
You know what I'm saying? It was it was just more. It, man, when I faced him, it was like a different mindset. I don't know if you guys remember um, the movie back in the day, Iron Giant. And I always reference this, but Iron Giant, he was a, you know, a big old robot and from outer space. And he was nice and friendly and all that stuff. But then once you point, uh, there was a kid that pointed like a fake gun to him. And then he turned into what he was meant to become, which was a weapon. And it's like, man, <laughs> I was cool and all that. But man, Sam, uh, either the 49ers week or the Raiders week, man, I turned into a weapon. Man, see, I'm writing that stuff down right there. That's that's what I came here for right there. <laughs> so look, look, I'm going to start picking your brain a little bit, all right? So okay. that's the weapon piece right there. All right, now, if 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 you had a, if someone said, Alex Molden, I want your performance code, what does that mean with that performance code? Like, how do I get how do I get to your level? How do I become a shark? Mm. So, man, there's a couple of things and I've learned over the years, man. It's not about what you it's not about where you've been. How what can you teach? It's not about drills. It's not about how fancy and cool drills are for performance, whether it's on the field, on the court or in the weight room. And, and that's the pretty object, right? That's the shiny stuff that kids are putting out or, or their parents are putting out on the internet. That's not, that, that stuff doesn't last. That doesn't last. I'm about, man, like you just said, man, diving deep. Why? You got to be able to answer the why. Why are we doing these things? And I got my foundation in terms of performance, man, like from Jimmy Radcliffe. Right. We used to start with basic stuff. Right. But once you own those little building blocks, those little building blocks, then you start to you start to kind of form uh, the type of athlete that you want. For instance, like so I had this kid. He wants to run a 40. He wants to run a faster 40. And so, you know, his dad wants me to just work on his starts. He just wants me to work on his starts. And I said, okay, let me, yeah, let me see how he works first. Let me see how he, you know, how he, how he runs. And lo and behold, man, this kid is not just a start. It's everything. His form, his form is, is terrible. So bad that, man, if he keeps this up, he's going to end up injuring himself. So what did I do? I broke it down. I said, this ain't going to be that fun, homeboy. We're going to work on walking. Knee up, toe up, heel up. You need to understand what dorsiflexion is and what arm action is. Now, because I in, I interjected my story of when I tore up my knee, and I was running a 448 before that, but I tore up my knee, and I had a chance to work with Radcliffe, and he taught me the same stuff, like the basic, like wax on, wax off. But, that's right, wax on, wax off. Let's go. Eight, eight months later, Eight months later, I ran a four, five, two. I wasn't even all the way healed, but it felt like butter. And then after that eight months, another eight months later, I ran a four, three, two. So I I said, so I told him that. And after I told him that he was bought in here. I said, this small stuff. This small stuff is important. It's not that fancy. It's not that glamorous. Your daddy wants you to work on starts. I'm going to give you something 
that's going to last forever. Man, that's gold right there. So I'm going to give a shout out to uh, a guy we both know, Joe Dombrow, man. That's my guy now. Come on now. Yeah, no, check it out, though. Uh, when I lived in Oregon, we were going we were going to the same church. He talked about uh, the word fundamental. And I thought fundamental mm. meant basic. And fundamental actually means essential, the most important pieces of whatever you're working on or whatever you're doing. And that stayed with me forever. So, Joe, thank you for that. I still use it today when we talk about fundamentals. It's not the basics. It's the most essential pieces. If you don't have those essential pieces, your whole building crumbles down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got me going, man. Yeah. You got me going. That's good, man. So right, right there, I wrote, I wrote down uh, building blocks. And I think, again, man, we're so we're so enamored with everything, with all these shiny objects that we have, man, that we forget about the fundamental pieces. We forget about the building blocks, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do, man. I think somebody calls that the beginner's mindset, Bruce Lee style, you know, the beginner's mindset of every time you just you just start from scratch, you know, and you just building, 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 building. So I, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Hen, what are your building blocks when it comes to like leading these young men at Liberty Universities, these young basketball studs? What are your building blocks when those freshmen are coming through those doors? Yeah. What, what do you lead with? Well, one of the things we did five years ago, man. And so let me tell you this, man. So when we took this job over five years ago, we were, 349 out of 351. That was our ranking. So, you know, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. Now we're here. Yeah. So so here's what we did, man. We came up with pillars. Play hard, play smart, play together, play with purpose. Play hard, that means to compete and to give your very best. Play hard. Play smart is accountability with discipline. Every detail adds up. All right. Play together. That means uh, we over me, teamship, and play with purpose. For us, that's audience of one. It's a it's a Christian university. You know, faith is a really important aspect. So play hard, play smart, play together, play with purpose. So that's kind of our building blocks. That's our essential foundation. And from there, man, um, you know how I live. I'm constantly searching and I'm constantly sharing. So I'm going to give stuff away. Uh, actually remind me at the end of this, I want to give you, um, a Kobe Bryant, like handout that I put together that I gave to my guys. It's it's all based on the mama mentality. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan and, and, you know, brokenhearted by all the stuff that, that went down and all the people that lost their lives. But I literally have that on my phone. So if I show you my phone right now, my man, Kobe's right here, the mama mentality. Oh yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Uh, cause you posted that. On Twitter, am I right? Yeah, yeah. A ton of people oh, hit me up okay. to copy, you know. So I, I, I've given it to our players. I've given it to my kids. Um, but yeah, man, for me, those basic building blocks. Here's what I, here's what I write to myself every day. Every day, I write this down: walk in faith, focus on family, function with freedom. That's my mantra. That's how I live right there. So, and I can I can break those things down a little more. But every day, I have a a, a list of things that I have to do in the morning, and before I go to bed. And that's yes, pretty. Can you break that down here? Yep. Yep. I got it right here. So check it out. This is my list for those uh, listeners. You can't see this, but more than I can see each other. So number one in the morning, I give thanks, man. I give thanks for just another day. Uh, sometimes I literally, the, 
the day we did our first podcast, I have Alex Molden in my list of gratitude of people that I'm thankful for in my life. Uh, number two, I write that mantra that I just told you, walk in faith, focus on family, function with freedom. Number three, I move. I either go for a walk or I, I do some body weight work, push-ups, pull-ups, squats. Uh, I drink water. I eat breakfast and I read, write, and reflect. That's my that's my six pillars in the morning. And I literally would encourage people to write that down and have a checklist. And, you know, I don't, I don't try to make it too... Uh, to just wrote and I do the same exact thing, but it's somewhat in that form like that, that framework right there that I use. I love it. Hey, keep it simple. That's my mantra, man. <laughs> I try to keep it simple. Hey, I heard this the other day. This is good, man. So I'm going to throw a lot at you, man. I'm going to connect you with the guy named Don Reagan. Don Reagan. He would be a great one to have on your podcast. Uh, my okay. man did a, a presentation on motor learning and coaching uh, queuing yesterday that I thought was phenomenal, man. Um, and he talked about movement being essential to life, you know, um, to me feel is essential to life. But anyway, just in terms of how we learn and how we teach others and the building blocks and what actually works and what doesn't and the science to back that up. So really interesting stuff. I think it would help people become sharks faster. Mm, I love that. I love that. So, man, the other time or the other day, we talked about um, how you ended up at Liberty. And it was something, man, you dove in and you and was something that really blew my mind is when you show up, when you show up every day and you're just you. So your character. Right. But then the relationships that you have. You said that you never have applied for a job. It's true, man. It's true. So come on now. Talk yeah. to me. All right, man. Here's here's something about me, man. Like I will never go into an interview and wow you with my personality or my striking good looks. Even though they're there. All right. So I'll go into an interview and here's what I'm gonna say, man. I'm gonna say, listen, I might not impress you today with with my words or my packet that I put together. But I guarantee if you give me a chance in a year, two years, three years, I'm going to make a difference in your organization. I don't care what organization that is. I don't care what level it is because of how I live my life every single day. Right. And so uh, literally my my secret sauce is I show up every day and I work my ass off straight up like I don't know. I just do my work. So I was in the gym with uh, Peyton Pritchard and Anthony Mathis. And those guys are savages, all right? So these cats work out three, four times a day. So we had a bunch of college coaches in to see uh, Anthony and Peyton. And Richie McKay was one of them. He was at the University of Virginia at the time. And uh, he came in at 6 a.m. and he watched the 6 a.m. workout. And we got after that 6 a.m., man. Uh, I went over and I talked to him. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I have this New Testament Bible. Your, your testimony's in it. And I just want to say thanks for having that public display of faith, man. I'm a believer, but I keep it on the low. I just try to live my life. We traded phone numbers. My man came back in the evening at 6 p.m. And we were at it again, man. We were going hard. And so at the end of the workout, he's like, man, you know, you guys have been here twice today. Like, there's not a lot of high school cats getting here twice. I was like, man, these guys were probably in at lunch, too. Um, so anyway, he said, look, like, I like what you do. And I want to know more about you. And he came back two or three more times. And the last one, he's like, listen, 
right now, God has me as an associate head coach, but I'm going to be a head coach again. When I go, I want to take you with me. And I was like, ah, whatever. You know, we had a great life in Portland, man. I loved it. Worked yeah. for Nike, best, best place on the planet. And, uh, yeah, man, one thing led to the, to the next. And, you know, six years later, I'm in Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty University. Look at that. It's just how you show up, though, right? It, it's it's your character. And your character is is who you are. It's not who you, you know, who you want to be. It's, it's who you are. Yeah, man. So mindset to me is is crazy important you know so mindset is is this definition here is who you are how you see the world and how you operate in that context who you are how you see the world and how you operate in that context you know it's not about i used to think mindset and toughness was about like what's the hardest thing i can do oh man it's every single day it's it's showing up and doing what you got to do that day Every day, whether you feel like it or not, man, I don't care if you're tired or I don't care if you didn't sleep, whatever, whatever you got to do, you wake up and you do what you're supposed to do. Dude, I just posted that. I just posted that the other day where it's your your aspirations and your goals. They don't give a damn about how you feel. Talk to me, baby. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care how you feel, because most people, you know, and I don't care if it's in the business world or out on the, the, the field or court, there's going to be times, man, when the weather's not all that great. It's early. Okay. There's a lot of meetings I got, man. I don't, I don't want to do this. Hey Mo, this is funny right here. This just came to me. This is how it works. I'm being just talking and it's real. So once in a while I post a selfie, man, not for anybody else, for myself, you know, those are my checkpoints. Yeah. And, you know what? You 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 talk about being chopped up like a Caesar salad or a chopped salad or like I don't know. I don't it's a Jillian. It's a Jillian salad, Henry. I'm not like you, right? But anyway, look, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some truth right here. I feel great, man. I look great, and that's with no arrogance at all. But the other day, Monday, I ran uh, four three hundreds, and oh. I was crap myself. Yeah, I'm serious, man. And nobody, nobody wants to see no IG, no Twitter of me on the floor shaking and quivering, trying to hobble to the bathroom, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, it, <laughs> I should have posted my face because I was about to cry, man. It was it was uh, it was vicious. I haven't done that in a while. But that's that's what I'm talking about, man. That's the, that's the, the performance code, the secret sauce. That's how you become a shark, man. Nobody nobody saw that. You know, actually, my my two kids saw Maya and Kez, and they were laughing because I, I was I was hurt. Yeah, but here's the thing, though: you were not afraid to push. You were you were not afraid to put your foot in the gas tank. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of people out there that are afraid to push. You know what I'm saying? To push all the way full full metal jack all the way down. But man, that's when you get to push your boundaries, man. And that's where all the fruit is. Man, you're right on there. So look, man, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were at Nike, uh, you and you and I would get onto that field and we would play one-on-one tag. Just me oh, and you. I remember. People people would be up there watching. What are these guys doing? They're playing one-on-one partner tag. But man, I was in the best shape of my life right there because we would go out and we would push each other. That worthy rival, you know, mm-hmm. 
to to bring out the best. And man, I, I don't know if I snuck off to the bushes a couple times and you know <laughs> I left my cookies out there, but I'm just telling you. That's that's some shark stuff right there. That, that was tough. Do you also remember our pull-up contest? I just watched that the other day. I have it on tape. You beat me. I'm okay, all right. <laughs> you can get me right now. You can get me right now. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna even lie. Okay, so so um, we talked about this the other time too. You know, you end up was working at Nike, and you was doing some amazing things. You was meeting amazing people. You was traveling all over the place. And, you know, I talk about this to my to my coaching clients where a lot of times is good can rob great. Right. Being good can rob being great. And can you just talk a little bit about that, man, when you was when you was at Nike and, you know, you was I mean, you was grinding. But that's where you lived at, though. I mean, I mean, you that's not. That's not like a, a new place for you, you you know, being a grinder. Yeah, man. So quick snapshot. So literally here's here's my day sometime. I, I would I would wake up, I would go meet Peyton or Anthony at the gym in the morning, I would shoot to Nike, I, I would train four or five people, I would go work on a project, you know, with within Nike, I would eat lunch, I would go train a couple more people, I would come back, I would coach high school basketball. And then I would train a couple of people in the evening. So uh, I would wake up at 4.35 and be rolling until 9 p.m. And, man, don't get me wrong. Nike is the best place on the planet. Like every time I, I drove on the campus, I think, man, there's nobody doing it like these people. Like this is crazy. Like I loved it every day. Uh, but on the flip side of that, it can consume you. You know, so Nike, in a sense, became like an idol to me, like a mini god. Because uh, you get enamored, man. I love shoes. I, I love meeting. Like, I mean, you and I could go back and forth. I got to go to Michael Jordan's party in New York, man. It was ridiculous. I mean, wow. I, the first guy I met was Dr. J, smoking a big stogie. <laughs> and I, I shook his hand, his big alien monster hand. <laughs> I was just like a kid, man. I saw all the legends, you know. And so what happened with me is my, my balance got really skewed. And so I wasn't seeing my family and uh, I knew that that life was not sustainable. And that's that's part of the reason why I'm here at Liberty is I have a more balanced life. Um, you know, it's really, really hard to, to function like that, like for an extended period of time. You know, I could kind of feel it like my passion kind of dying off and it just taking my soul. And and so I just needed a I needed a change, man. So that's that's why I'm here. And my dream actually is for me and you to take over that Nike World headquarters and all of performance and dominate that mother. Ooh, <laughs> my man. Okay, so you know me coming from a football background, you're in a basketball background. So in football practice, you know there would be a period we call and we call it blitz period, and so that's when a lot of things are happening craziness you know you know linebackers and safeties are blitzing and so i'm gonna i'm gonna hurl a bunch of uh, questions at you all right and you just answer it quick and then we'll and we'll we'll close it on out okay henry what was the best advice you ever received my best advice is be 100 percent yourself i wish i would have learned that when i was 
in my early 20s. Not be afraid of what anybody's going to say or think. Just do you. Mm. Okay, so this kind of, man, this kind of, maybe you already stole it or maybe you got something else, but what would you tell your 22-year-old self? Like after college, what would you tell your 22-year-old self? Uh, I would say don't get hung up on the little things. You know, keep the big picture in mind. I, I, I would say uh, really, really invest in, in communication and relationships, um, building things that last, man. Like don't worry about the car. Don't worry about the house. Just invest in people and love people and serve people. Man, I wish you would have told me that when I was 22. <laughs> I, I needed that too, Mo. Uh, and then uh, last one, man. What's, your, what's the best attribute or quality of a leader? Uh, I'll probably say humility, man. I, I think uh, leadership is a funny thing where, where I think a lot of people think leadership is control. And I actually think the opposite. It's, it's putting people in a position where they can lead. Uh, and so it's, it's letting control go. You know, and you have to build that. You have to you have to lay a foundation, but it's uh, it's humility, man. Humility in all of life is, you know, that's just an incredible feel. Mm, absolutely, man. Hen, man, I really appreciate you, man. You know, I love you. You like my brother, man. No, you you're the same, it, man. <laughs> you keep it one hundred, and because of you, you're a big piece of who I am and where I've and where I've come from. So, man, I just want to let you know, man, uh, I'm always thinking about you. And, uh, man, thank you once again for for being my first guest on the Shark Effect. Man, it was a pleasure. I hope we can help people become some sharks. Uh, you know, I hope it's real enough for people. And, you know, it's I always have a good time, whether we're on a podcast or talking on the phone or texting, man. I, you, you're a, you have a voice in my life. You've earned a voice in my life. I trust you. And uh, always let me know if I have Chipotle on my beard. I definitely will. Hey, Hen, how can um, people get in touch with you? Can they follow you or you have a website or? Yeah, man, I'm probably most active on Twitter. It's at, uh, at Hoop Diaries, H-O-O-P-D-I-A-R-I-E-S. Uh, I'm on Instagram, too. Uh, I go back and forth with social media, man. Sometimes I'm really active. Sometimes I'm not. Uh, my email is h. Barrera one that's b-a-r-r-e-r-a the number one at liberty.edu if you have any questions if you need anything hit me up and i'll get back to you all right man hey appreciate you hen uh stay safe out there tell uh mel and the kids i said hello word man appreciate you love you i love you too man thanks for listening to this week's episode of the shark effect podcast if you enjoyed what you heard today Please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to, to transition what, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur 
or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. OK, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.